just our real estate episode number 265. And I tell people, <laughs> quit doing the racer math. The math is the math. The, the numbers <laughs> always do the talking. All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and today I've got a great show for you. I've got something cool lined up, some cool content that I want to share with you, and I'm excited to do that. But before I do, I want to talk to you about two things. Number one, are you a new real estate investor who really wants to get into this, this business of real estate investing, but you're just overwhelmed? You don't know what to do. You don't know where to start. You need some guidance. You need to see some, you know, some, some materials that can kind of walk you through through it or give you the encouragement or answer the tough questions that you have about your specific business and your specific challenges. If that's the case and you really want some good uh, content that you can use to move forward and start this business and do it right and get all of your, your questions answered, and I mean all of them answered, then what you need to do is go to my website. On the front page on the far right-hand side, there is a banner for the Fail Fast Flipping program. That's right, Fail Fast Flipping. Why is it called Fail Fast? Because we want you to get out there and get going, get started, just start your business. You're gonna fail, you're gonna have bumps and bruises, you're gonna you know, encounter challenges, but you wanna get that out of the way so you can get on to making money and being successful. Everybody has bumps and bruises along the way in the beginning, but if you get out there and fail fast, then you can move forward and be successful. So go to my website on the front page on the right-hand side. There's a little banner for the Fail Fast Flipping Program. Click on that link, go to the page and check it out. It'll give you all the information about the program before you ever make a decision to jump in and, and get started. And there is a 30-day 30, 30 money-back guarantee. I'm telling you, there is no training in real estate anything close to this for anywhere near the price. And honestly, for any price, you're not gonna find training like this. I don't care how much you're willing to spend, you'll never find training better than this. And the price is incredibly reasonable. So go check it out. I know you're gonna love it, especially if you really wanna get yourself going in the right direction and avoid a lot of the pitfalls along the way. Now, if you've been in the, in the industry for a little while, if you're generating leads but not getting enough leads, I wanna talk to you about a great lead, lead capturing website and the program that you use to create a great website, and it's called Lead Propeller. Again, if you go to my website on the front page, on the right-hand side, you'll see a banner for Lead Propeller. Lead Propeller is a online software that you can use to set up a fantastic lead generating website. Guys, I have one. I'm talking from experience. I'm already getting leads in from the website organically through the internet, through Google searches, and you can too. There's a lot of ways to get leads in this business, but I'm telling you a way that people are not utilizing to its full potential is online. Everyone knows about realtors, everyone knows about direct mailing, very few people understand how to harness the power of the internet to bring leads to your inbox every single day. I'm doing it, I love it, I've already gotten deals from it. I think you should check it out. So go to my website on the right-hand side, click on the Lead Propeller banner, right? Go to juststartrealestate.com, the right-hand side, Lead Propeller banner, click on it, check it out. Again, you can read all about it before you make a decision. Make sure that you enter the promo code Just Start if you decide to get a, 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 a lead propeller site and you'll get one month to try it for free. So you can start generating those leads before you ever pay a dime for it. I suggest you do it. Go check it out. You will be happy guys that you did. I love mine. Okay, 
Let's dive into the show. All right, guys, today we're going to dig back into the archives again, and I am going to pull out an interview with Sharon Vornhold. And you may remember a few months back, Sharon took part in my all-star question and answer series that I did, and she is an all-star. She is an absolute rock star in her market. She's a wholesaler, and this interview that I did was, like I said, it was like at the beginning of this podcast about a year ago. So bear with the audio quality a little bit. I didn't have everything figured out as a podcaster yet. I still don't, obviously, but... Uh, I didn't have the audio thing figured out very well, so the audio is not great, but the interview is awesome, and I really want to share it with you, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it's a great interview with a really great, great real estate investor. I mean, Sharon really delivers the good in this interview, and I'm excited to bring it back for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. My guest today is Sharon Vornholt. Sharon's been investing in real estate since 1998. She's a blogger, a coach, online marketer and regular contributor of articles for several national sites for real estate investors. You can get a copy of her free report called Probates and Absentee Owners, Your Fast Track to Real Estate Riches, if you visit her blog at LouisvilleGalsRealEstateBlog.com. Welcome, Sharon. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Fantastic, fantastic. So I do know that you are a wholesaler. You've obviously been involved in real estate for quite some time. Can you give us a quick background on you, how you got started, and, and maybe just kind of how you got to where you are now? Sure. Um, I opened, uh, originally I had a full-time business, a successful business, which is home inspection business. And uh, that was that I opened in um, 1991 and long around about 1998 I went to my first RIA meeting and I just fell in love with real estate so from there I continued on for about 10 years you know I kept my other business and um, I initially was a rehabber and uh, a buy and hold landlord so I would was kind of doing it part-time but always learning and going down that path and then um, in 2008, January of 2008, I just uh, pulled the plug on my other business and started investing in real estate full time. That was coincidentally about the same time that the market changed dramatically. If you think exactly, about it. I, yeah, I was going to say that. Is that is that why you why you changed course, or was it more of a coincidence, like you said? Well, it, it turned out to be a coincidence. It turned out, um, you know, after 17 years in the home inspection business, I was just flat out worn out from that business. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, and I just it was no fun and. And but real estate now that was fun, so um, it turned out to be the perfect time to close that business. It was I, I came to know that in the next few months when the market just slammed down in Louisville, Kentucky. But yeah. it also turned out to be really um, a, quite a hard time for real estate investors. Sure. So. Um, I got into wholesaling. I like to tell people accidentally. I have to tell you early on, I had trouble wrapping my brain around wholesaling because it just, I was strictly, what I really loved to do was rehabbing. And uh, so when the market changed here, which was on down probably six or seven months into 2008, and the rehab started sitting on the market forever, 
an eternity, you know, eight months to a year sometimes, which nobody wants to hold their rehabs that long. Never. Uh, I had a, you know, was still marketing. Marketing's always been my strong suit. And um, so I had some houses and I thought, well, you know, I've got a, I've been around Maria for forever and uh, I knew people that were buying houses. I thought I'd just make a few calls and, 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 but you know, the first couple of people I called, they said, yeah, I'll take the deal. It was like, oh, wait a minute. I can, I can do this. It's like it was really easy. So, uh, but, but that's really how I got into it was really accidentally. And then uh, long about that time too, I figured out that, I, I mean, I know intellectually that holding property is the, the path to wealth, the, the get rich quick slow path. But I hated, hated being a landlord. I just hated it. And so uh, my friend said, well, Sharon, here's the thing. You either got to get a whole bunch of properties or you got to just own up to the fact that you got a painful hobby. And <laughs> in that day, I did because he said, you need 50 or more properties. I said, nope, not going down that path. So um, that was when I just kind of changed course and went off on this different path. Okay, um, so let me. I will ask you this. I kind of. I have another question for you, but you've you've brought up a question in my mind. So most people, like you said, common uh, wisdom in real estate is buy and hold is is how you retire. It, it's how you create that passive income. You are focusing on an area of real estate that's very active. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so. So do you what is your long-term goal? And, and I'm kind of skipping ahead here. I'm, I'm throwing you a curveball. Um, what is your long-term goal if uh, you're doing wholesaling right now and we you know we know that that's an active right. type of a, a way to go about it. What is your long-term goal? Well, uh, I knew when I when I got rid of my rentals that I needed to create different streams of passive income. And I, I tell people all the time, you never really know where you're going to go with your business. Some, your business sometimes it goes off in a direction that you could not even imagine. So uh, a few years back, I started blogging, and I figured out that I really like teaching. So what I'm doing for passive income is product creation. Uh, all of my blog. And I will tell this to people. One of your questions you asked later on down the road is, what do you tell people they should do? And and I know you have a, a site, but I tell everybody, put up a WordPress blog. It is the quickest way to build your authority, uh, your expert status, so to speak, in this business. But in that process, I figured out I loved the whole teaching aspect. So I am cre- you know, creating Internet business all to do with real estate you know, products, and um, I get requests to teach people and things like that. So that's, uh, but then again, you're back to if you're doing one-on-one coaching or teaching, that's a job. So while I do some of that, my long-term goal is to replace all of that other income with um, information products. Gotcha. And that's that's the Mm long-term passive goal. Okay, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. That's Mm great. So you are a wholesaler Mm -hmm. and... um, I am not a wholesaler. I understand the concept. I've never done it, so I'm certainly no expert. Can you give us a kind of an overview of your business? What do you what does your business consist of? What does a wholesaler do? Well, a wholesaler's main job and what you need to really be good at is marketing. Now, I think that's where most people failed to hold it together. The what in my home inspection business, um, we we had to be very good at marketing because realtors would go with the next guy who was five dollars cheaper. So um 
I learned marketing, and that's what you need is ongoing marketing campaigns because you've got to have deals, you know, you've got to have leads coming in, and it's the same filtering process that you would go through as a rehabber. But but I'm just going to sell my properties to rehabbers for whether, you know, they maybe they don't want to do the marketing or they don't know how to do the marketing or maybe they have a full-time job. So um, what my day, my main job, and really any, I think anyone in real estate, their main job should be is is marketing. Now, everybody does that a little bit different. So I do a lot of marketing. I look at properties. You know, I make offers. And the one thing that is different from um, well, let's say for a rehabber, if you go out and you find a deal, you don't have to add in those dollars for, uh, as a wholesaler because you're the the rehabber. When I use the standard formulas for you know figuring my deals, I've also got to buy them cheaper than wholesale. Uh, if that makes sense to you, yeah, so, it, it makes sense. It makes sense to me. But let's let's talk about mm-hmm, that a little mm-hmm. bit. Cheaper, so cheaper than wholesale. Meaning, what what factors do you have to put into your numbers in order to make it a good deal for you? Because in knowing that you're going to be selling this to a, a rehabber who also has their factors of their numbers, mm-hmm. so what makes a good deal for you? Well, I I have to know how to figure repair costs just as if I was the rehabber. And I yeah. did have an edge on that because I was a rehabber, and I know how to do that. But if for someone who's going to be a wholesaler, their first uh, roadblock they've got is you don't know what a good deal is when you're brand new. So you've got to first learn what a good deal is. And then you have to have people tell me all the time, well, can you tell me how much repairs will be on this house? Well, no, because you have to actually – Figure those things out. You have to, if you're, let's say you're brand new and you have a house, and even as a wholesaler, I have to know how much that new furnace and AC is going to be for that 1800 square foot ranch. I have to know how much paint and carpet is. So I go through the same process. I fill out the same sheet that I did when I was a rehabber. So, you know, I've got when, uh, I'll have my purchase, you know, the price, the after repaired value. Less, you know, to using the same standard formulas. Generally, it's around 70%. Might be different in a higher end house. It might be less in a neighborhood that I think is a little bit more marginal. But we'll just say for the sake of talking about it, it's 70% of the ARV. Then, less all the repairs. Um, I will tell you this I use conservative comps and I figure my repairs a little bit on the high side because I want to be absolutely sure that my rehabber that I've got it right for my rehabber. And then once, that would be the point at which most rehabbers stop. That's their, that's their number, their MAO or their maximum allowable offer. Mm-hmm. For me, I have to be able to buy it cheaper because whatever I just want to make on this house, we'll just say for the sake of throwing out a number, it's $10,000. Then I've got to be able to take that, I've got to be able to buy it cheaper, you know, I've less that, $10,000 or $5,000 or whatever your wholesale fee is going to be. So um, that's the main right. difference. And and it was, like I said, it was a tough concept for me to wrap my brain around initially. Okay. Yeah, you're right. There's an extra number in there that you have to mm-hmm. account for. So absolutely, your deals have to be that much better than, mm-hmm. than a normal rehabber. Yep, that makes sense. Um, now, again, just to be very, very clear, so when you're 
there must be some sort of a filtering process you go through when a deal comes across your desk. You're not looking mm-hmm. at every single deal that comes across. So is there like a, a, a benchmark like, you know, I'm going to look up the, the sold comps in the area, and if, and if the house isn't priced at a certain percentage of that, I'm not even going to bother with it. I mean, is there some sort of a criteria or filtering method prior to going out and actually physically looking at the house? There is. There is. And I think when you're brand new, you go look at a lot of properties for practice because you need to practice. But Absolutely. when I get the call, I have a sheet that I use in my business, and if uh, you've probably got one if anybody wants a copy of the the sheet that I've got, they can go over to my blog when we're done and send me an email or you just you know contact me but it's a yep. form it's a form that I use every time I pick up the phone, and the reason is I know all the questions I need to ask, but you know you get off people start talking and then you get off topic and you forget to ask something. So when I'm talking to them, I'm asking them the questions. I'm trying to figure out what their expectations are. And then I'm probably going to be pulling up that house on the PVA, uh, the tax assessor site, to see what that house is valued at. And because I only work in my area, if it says this number, and I know it's, that number is actually really long, uh, wrong, that it's too high, then I can say right then, you know, I I've bought a number of properties in this area, and I understand that it says your house is valued at $100,000. But in reality, they're actually only selling for eighty-five or ninety. You know, is this yeah. you know, something we can talk about? And But, yes, I, I absolutely try to set their expectations up on the phone. And if, it's, if they tell me it's, um, if, you know, 90% finance, I'm not going to be able to help them as a wholesaler. Sure. Yep. Yep. Okay. So you're full time, correct? Yeah. Full time uh, real estate investor. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. So how to how to give us a day in your life? What happens when when you wake up in the morning? What do you do first? What you know? What do you do with your time in in the course of a day? I think a lot of people are interested. A lot of people aspire to be full time real estate investors, but don't really even know what that would look like if they were a full time. Well. So let, do you, how do you spend your time? Yeah, I wish I could tell you I have a, a day, <laughs> a standard day. But uh, in reality, that is one of the hardest parts of the business. And in part, it's because I am doing real estate, I'm doing blogging, you know, I'm writing, I'm doing these other things, product creation. And, and it was tough to get a grip on my time. So what I have started doing is I've started the first few hours. You know, you can typically control the first part of your day and the end of your yeah. day. And what happens in the middle is you get a call to look at a property. In your case, you probably get a call saying, well, the furnace man didn't show up or what. Yeah. That whole middle of the day is just a mess. And yeah. uh, uh, what I try to do is uh, start a little bit early and guard those first few hours of my day and really attack the things that I need to get done. Now, I've always got a much longer list. But first on my list is what you know needs to be on most people's list if they're out looking for deals and that's marketing if you you need to figure out how you're going to get your marketing done you know whether it's i do a lot of direct mail so it it, whether it's that or whatever i'm going to do i also take that time in the mornings and uh, uh, i call people back you know i i do things like that i may be still working on uh, numbers for a deal so that that Part of that day kind of goes like that. And then I get to late morning. I, I really try to work, well, I do work around people's schedules, but I try not to look at property like during rush hour times because it's wasted drive time. 
yep. you know, you're stuck in traffic. Oh, so, oh, I know. Yeah, we 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 spoke a little bit prior to this, and and I shared with you that I got stuck uh, mm-hmm. recently, when I was supposed to be somewhere else. So yeah, I, I I guess I haven't learned that lesson because I was in rush hour the other day. <laughs> but like you said, you get calls, you know, mm-hmm. from contractors, and there's an issue, mm-hmm. and what are you, what are you gonna do? So you know, you try to make the best of your time, even when you're in the car. I guess. Yeah, you do. You do that. And so it, when that middle of the day happens, that's when I call it all the other stuff. Uh, today we I went over to we have a program here. Our investors group has a program called Lots, which is Learn on the Site, where they have after the meeting once a month. Um, you know, you go over there and you look at a house in progress, and they have all the numbers. and it, It's a networking event, but today I had that on my schedule, and I also had you know uh, shoot a video on my schedule. So I try I try to use a calendar. Well, I do use a calendar, and I try to schedule big projects out in advance and then back up the steps so that I can okay. I can time block things in and then leave that middle of the day for all the things I hope to get done, but they're not critical. But that's that's really the truth of the matter. You know, the beginning and the end, I try to keep tight control on. Um, if I'm going to look at property, my best case scenario is that I can go between 11 and 3, something like that or you know but again stay out of the rush hour traffic and guard the end of my days but i think i think it's um if you're if you're just doing let's say you're just rehabbing then you're finding deals and you're meeting contractors and all of those sorts of things so you can kind of i think it's easier to get a a schedule than like my day where i've got uh commitments for writing and you know things like that, so it's a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You're you're not just a real estate investor, right? You're you're, you're doing coaching. You're you're doing other things, mm-hmm. maybe above and beyond what just a a, a typical real invest uh, real estate investor may be well, doing. And I will tell you, it's really hard to not drop the ball. And for people that have a job, because I've been there, I've I've also had a business which was a full time job. The thing that I would say to them is your your number your number one job is going to be to to find to find your deals. So if you have to choose what you're going to do, you're going to need to do marketing. You're going to need to do lead gen- generation activities and revenue generation generating activities and you're going to need to do those in the evening and on weekends. And in general, you know, I tell people you're going to need to spend at least 6 hours a week on marketing. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good advice. And I, I try to tell people, kind of just to piggyback on what you said, do the activities that you can do at night mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. In other words, like you said, some of the marketing and, and lead gen type activities, don't spend the prime time of your day when you should be out maybe looking at property, especially as a new real estate investor. You made a great point. Don't try to shortcut the process and, and try to stay at your desk all the time. You you really need to get out there and look at houses mm-hmm. to, to get good at that aspect of it. And whatever can be done at night or early in the morning, do those activities then. Mm-hmm. I, I agree completely. And, and you know, you brought up the point of, of uh, kind of qualifying people before we go out to look at houses. You and I can do that. But in the beginning, you can, you have to go look at the, uh, the properties. And even if you think it's a marginal deal, I tell people all the time, you need to practice. You need to be able to learn to look at the seller in the eye when you give them that low-ball offer rather than looking yep. at the floor. And, you know, let's face it, we all mess it up. We all mess it up in the beginning, and somebody said, well, they – this guru guru told me I need to make an offer always on the spot, and I said I disagree with that. 
I don't think there's anything worse than somebody, especially somebody new, going out there and just throwing out an imaginary number, and then you have to call the person back and say, well, that wasn't actually the number. I think everybody understands I want to go back to my office and run the numbers, and I think as long as you say that with confidence, they're not going to necessarily know that you don't have a clue what you're doing. Yep. Yep, I think that's a great advice. So you mentioned that you're a member of different real estate groups in your area. Mm-hmm. So I would anticipate, especially as a coach and someone who does teaching, you you talk to beginners, you talk to new real estate investors. What are you seeing that they're doing as a as a new investor that that are kind of you know maybe going in the wrong direction, or what are some of the mistakes that you see them making? Well, the biggest mistake, uh, the the first the. The one big mistake that I think everybody makes is that you pay too much for your first houses. It is um, a learning process. Uh, you can follow the formulas, but you tend new investors tend to do what I call eraser math. They, <laughs> they they do the numbers on the paper, and then they say, "Well, but maybe I could get a little bit more for the house, and maybe well, I'll just take five thousand off the rehab cost." and And then they start to make the deal work so they can get the house. And, oh yeah, you know. And I tell people, <laughs> quit doing eraser math. The math is the math. The the numbers always do the talking. Yeah, it's funny you find too not only the eraser math, which is a term that I'm going to start using now because I like that. I'm going to steal it. But they also do the, you know, they they start convincing themselves that they're a contractor and that they can do mm-hmm. some of the work themselves mm-hmm. when when really they have no idea what they're doing. And you know what happens then? Obviously, mm-hmm. it takes longer. You mess it up. It costs. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it costs way more. Holding costs and stuff kill you. So yeah, eraser math and then uh, delusions of grandeur when it comes to being. Yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a big thing, and uh, uh, so I think that that is just really one of the the biggest things that I think everybody does. But there, um, you know, the other thing that people do that I think they shouldn't do is they try to go it on their own too long. Uh, if I had to tell a new investor, you know, what do I think you should do? This kind of goes back to you you don't know what you don't know, and that is you need to have. Um, some people in your life. You know, I I now have an accountability partner and you might have a business partner if you're in business with somebody that might be your accountability partner, but you also need to be part of some type of a group like a mastermind. Um, Somebody that you can bounce ideas off of and keep you from making some of these huge mistakes that you tend to make when when you're brand new. I, I couldn't agree more, and I was a part of a mastermind, um, kind of, you know, found my way in eh, a little bit by accident, which is a whole other story, but uh, I was in a mastermind, and I can say without any doubt, if I was not in that mastermind, I would not be investing in real estate right now. I wouldn't know what I was doing, and even being in that group and having other people to bounce things off of and mentors and things, you still make mistakes. You're, you're just going to make mistakes, but the mistakes are less, you recover quicker, and you don't make them you know, you don't make the same amount of mistakes as someone who doesn't have anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I think the second thing that um, new investors uh, don't do that they really should do is they need to clearly understand what business they're in, and that is they're in the business of getting leads in the door. They're in the business of marketing. They're in the business of uh, of doing that because if you don't have those leads, you can't rehab. You can't do buy and holds. You can't do any of it. So they they tend to put off the whole, well, I'll do marketing tomorrow and I'm going to drive around and drive for dollars today. Well, that's yeah. that's all great if you 
have success with that, I never found that to be really particularly productive as far as building a scalable business. But um, yep. I think I think I think they need to understand that that's what they either got to find somebody to do that part of it, or they have to do it. Yeah, I I, I very much agree with you. It, it to me, it's a lot of the analogy of if you if you know where you want to be. If you don't know how to get there and you just get in the car and start driving around, mm-hmm. you may find it, you may not. It's going to be by chance. And I think, you know, the driving for dollars thing kind of falls under that category. You, you may find a deal. It's, it's quite possible, but you know, you're just, you're doing it. It's just like Easter egg hunt. It's blind luck. It's mm-hmm. not, you're not, you know, there's no plan there. And I think that that's, uh, and scalability is, is exactly what I thought as soon as you said driving for dollars. Scalability is tough when that's your, when that's mm-hmm. your, your model or how you're going about it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I want to ask you another question. This is, this is actually my favorite question and it's <laughs> a little bit tougher, but I, because I think sometimes this is, this is the most valuable thing for, for new real estate investors. Okay. So you're a successful real estate investor. You're a coach. You're a teacher. Uh, you've done a lot of things. However, if we stripped you of everything you own in terms of real estate, only left you with your knowledge, but you had to start over, mm-hmm. how would you go about that? What would be your strategy? Would it be different than what you did? How would it be different? But just let it give us a kind of a path of what you would take and how you rebuild well, what you it, have. It, it all goes back to the same thing of if you stri- if you stripped away everything, then what you would have to do is you have to make money. And let's assume that you don't have a lot of money. So what I would probably do, I would I would be thinking of how can I how can I generate some uh, leads, generate some revenue. I would probably go out and buy some corrugated signs and pick out an area that was a good bread and butter area, and I would try to find a deal, a wholesale deal, and okay. and sell that. And it would be infinitely easier starting over with the network I have than not having it in the beginning. Then I would right. start to fall back on my tried and true method of finding deals, which is direct me- direct mail. That's by far my biggest source of leads. So I think um, I think the one thing that would be hugely different is just that you have contacts. You have a network. Um, people at my RIA group, they know me. I have people to buy houses from me. Um, so it would not be as tough, but I would still follow the same steps, but I would know how to do them better and yeah. quicker. Yeah, and that's 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 super good advice. Now, let's talk about wholesaling. You are a wholesaler. Um, I know what wholesaling is, but I'm not going to assume that everyone listening to this knows what wholesaling is. Can you give us sort of a, a 90, 90 foot view of what is, what is wholesaling? What do you do? What are the mechanics behind it? And how is it different than flipping or buy and hold? What is a what is a wholesaler? Well, a wholesaler is simply somebody that buys deeply discounted properties. Um, it, they use the same processes that a rehabber or landlord does, but they have to buy, I would say, the cheapest of the three. A landlord can buy a property and have a little bit more play in there, like they can say the cabinets are really ugly, but I'm going to rent it with these cabinets and I'll get the cabinets later. When the house appreciates, I'll get new cabinets. A rehabber, on the other hand, you know they've got their costs, and a wholesaler, as I said, has to buy it cheaper than the rest. So the one thing that is different here where a rehabber would rehab the house and then they would probably, if they didn't manage to sell it for sale by owner, they would have to list it or have some method for selling the house. With a wholesaler, you need a buyer's list. 
Now, when I first wholesaled my first couple of properties, I sold them uh, entirely through my RIA group. So I would tell everybody, you need to belong to a good, your good, a good RIA group. Yep. And a lot of those people in there, once you go to the meetings and you hang out, I always call it the meeting after the meeting. After the meeting, everybody kind of hangs out and they, you know, drink a beer or whatever they do. Yep. <laughs> and then you, you yep. really start to find out who the tire kickers are and who the real players are. You want those people on your list. Um, I also have... Uh, other ways, there's other ways you can build a list. You know, I had a house that was, uh, I just, for whatever reason, it was pretty, it was really ugly. It wasn't pretty ugly. It was really ugly. I was trying to wholesale it and I just couldn't get it wholesaled, sold in the, in the, in a week or so that I'm used to getting, getting rid of these things. So I got on the tax assessor site and I started look, just looking at houses up and down the blocks for two or three blocks around and I, I got a whole list of people that own multiple properties. So you know those are people that are buying in that area and I found their addresses and sent them a letter and I sold the property to one of those people. But there are lots of different ways you can build a buyer's list. You know, if you have a house for sale, you can hang up a sign, you know, house for sale, let's say it's a wholesale deal. House for sale cheap, you'll get all kinds of people calling you and yep. um some of them, most of them will probably never buy a house from you, but out of that process, you'll get one or two maybe good buyers. But you need a buyer's list, and that's one of the main differences uh, between the other strategies. And your end goal should be to have to be able to make a phone call and say, I have a house on this street, or you want to go look at it, I'm going to give you a 24-hour heads up, and then you've got that house sold before you ever have to put it out to your list. That's what you, wow. That's where you want to get and I'm pretty lucky that I can do that most of the time. And like I said, I kind of freak out if it's not sold in days or a week. Yeah, and that that is obviously very different than a rehabber who mm-hmm. is going to hold that house for you know two or three months while they're rehabbing and try to sell. Now, you said something while you were uh, going uh, through the, the, the wholesale process that I think was a really good nugget, and you said it pretty casually, but I, I want to go back to it a little bit. You go to the city site, and you find people who – own multiple properties in a in a given area or mm-hmm. in a given neighborhood and and you call them and and they're a, you know a decent or a pretty good prospect for trying to sell houses in that area mm-hmm. that's a that's a smart strategy that I've not mm-hmm. heard other people talk about and uh yeah can you just so you go to the city site right mm-hmm. and then you you look up uh an address of a house that maybe you own or or you're thinking about buying mm-hmm. and then you just kind of scale out and look at the other addresses in that neighborhood and look for the owners which is listed on the city site mm-hmm. right and and if you find someone who has five or four or five six properties then then you immediately call them knowing right. that there's someone who they're an investor obviously right right okay. uh, sorry about yeah. that i had a timer set no that's okay um yeah. Am I out? Am, am I out of time? No, no, no. I was just had my, <laughs> I just had my timer on watching it. No, no, that's okay. Uh, no, and sorry. actually, um, you could you could use that uh, if you're a wholesaler. It works particularly well because um, what I did was I pulled up the exact address of the property I had under contract, and then I real quick I knew kind of the streets, but I actually looked on a map. Okay, here's the streets three blocks either way. And I just went in there, you know, in, in my area, there's a free version of the tax assessor site. And then I pay for the full version, which is uh, just went up to $29 a month from $25 a month. That gives you everything that realtors and everybody see. But I just went through there and went down the block 
and I started seeing, for instance, uh, Tom Jones had five houses, and this one had seven. So you know that wow. that is an area that they buy in, and um, it is a great way to find a buyer. Wow, that's <laughs> that. Like I said, that's that's cool. That's a cool little nugget that I don't know if people realize what a great uh, what a great little uh, piece of information that is because that's that's not something that you'll you'll see a lot uh, people talking about. So. Okay, Sharon, you've been super generous with your time and with your knowledge. I can absolutely see why people come to you for coaching and for teaching because you know your stuff. And I, I have a feeling if I let you, you could talk on this for hours and give a lot more great information. But I want to I want to wrap it up. But before we do, I know that you are in your car. Obviously, you're looking at houses. You've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. And and like we said in the beginning, you're you're juggling more than the average real estate investor with everything you have going on. Can you give us maybe one or two resources that you use in your business? That that you think is indispensable, can't live without, you want to share with everyone? Well, I have I have uh, several that I use um, that I think are, are really great. Um, I, I use um, Dropbox. It's great for it. These are all free free things. Uh, okay. Dropbox I use. That's um, great for sharing files if you're doing rehabs and you're sharing files with a, a partner. Uh, I have a virtual assistant, so I, sh- I use that to share things with her. So that's one of my favorite things. Uh, Fiverr, if you're not familiar with Fiverr, that's my favorite site. It's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. You can yep. get anything done for five bucks on Fiverr. I mean, yeah. anything. Uh, postlets. Uh, postlets you probably know about, but uh, probably there are a lot of people that don't know. Postlets.com is uh, for cr- creating great-looking look- flyers free. They're awesome. And uh, yep. Then, uh, you know, so probably, you know, and I use a free service called Ubu for doing video recordings. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've never used it, but I've mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Okay. Wow, that's great. You just rattled off four, and that, that, <laughs> that's awesome. And those, just so everyone's aware that those will be available in the show notes if you go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash Sharon Vornholt, last name V-O-R-N-H-O-L-T. T, all of the links and, and the resources that she just shared will be there. Um, so parting words of advice for real estate investors. You've given a ton of advice, but if I can just extract maybe one more thing from you, what would you tell the new real estate investor if you could only tell them one thing? Um, that, it, that it's a simple business, but it's not easy. And you just need to stick in there because we all, we all went down that same road. You just got to keep on keeping on if it's what you really are meant to do and you really love it like you do and I do, uh, yep. don't don't get discouraged and find a way when you do get discouraged to have someone lift you back up out of that spot and have, have a 15-minute ner- nervous breakdown and then get back to work. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes that's for that REA group, right? That's mm-hmm. where they come in handy. You, you make friends and, and contacts and people who you can call and mm-hmm. vent to a little bit, and, and that helps keep you, you know, keep your chin up a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, that's great. Uh, like I said, Sharon, I, I really appreciate that you came on here. I appreciate you took time out to uh, share your knowledge. And, uh, man, I, I just chock full of knowledge. I highly suggest people go to your site, LouisvilleGalesRealEstateBlog.com, and take a look at what you have there. Tons of good information. You can also be found on Bigger Pockets. I know you're active there. Mm-hmm. Um, any other contact information you'd like to give out for anyone or any anything? You know what? Let's uh, talk about you said you're, you make digital products and, and information products. What do you what do you have? What would you suggest? What uh, what are you working on? Well, right now I'm working on a course for uh, 
people that uh, it will be for beginners. It will be for people of all levels. It's uh, how to target what I call the low-hanging fruit, probates and absentee owners. So I'm going to teach about those and about how to market to those people and why they are such great leads and how you can be leaps and bounds above the competition by just knowing a couple of things. But uh, in, okay, and I yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if anybody has any questions, they can go over to the blog, and there's a contact form, uh, a place in there where you can just send me an email, and I'll be happy. Okay, to and that's exactly what I was going to. Yep, that's what I was going to ask you. If they could just go to your blog, if they can get a hold of you that way, mm-hmm, they can. That's the easiest okay. way. And you mentioned uh, just to go back. You mentioned you have a, a deal evaluation form that if someone contacts you through your blog, that you'll mm-hmm. share with them. Right, okay. right. They can uh, just they can just ask me for the forms for the property information uh, form or uh, at several gotcha. forms. Awesome. Well, I, Sharon, this has been great. I appreciate it very much. You, like I said, very generous with your time, and uh, you have not held back on the knowledge either. Well, thanks so much for asking. <laughs> you know, we like to talk about real estate, don't we? Uh, absolutely, and, and we will be in touch uh, after this is over. I'm quite certain. Great. Well, thanks so much. Okay. All right, Sharon. Thank you very much. Have a nice evening. Mm-hmm. Remember, if you want to be a real estate investor, if you want to get involved in real estate and really do something big in this business, there's only one way to make that dream a reality. Just start.